Hey, how's it going? I'm Dan Williams and you're listening to my new podcast. This has been created in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic with so many people self-isolating and unable to get outdoors and with an ever-increasing amount of people out of work, an inspiring entrepreneurial explosion is taking place. However, many don't know where to begin or they find the whole process overwhelming. With some of my amazing connections and friends, I want to share some stories and insights to help inspire and ignite that fire within you. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest on the show and friend, Mr. Mark Curry, background virologist, science teacher, a Mars grad scheme, senior buyer at Boots, an entrepreneurial failure and an entrepreneurial success, although he keeps saying he's failing every day. So uh, welcome, Mark. Cheers for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, sir. No worries. So how are things going? All good? Yeah, I mean, as good as good can be in circumstances right now. But um, yeah, I think the world continues to change. And I think if you are someone who's got that entrepreneurial spirit, the world looks a lot better than versus most. And there's an opportunistic slash psychotic nature about you. So um, yeah, we, we are healthily planning for the worst, but hoping and creating stuff for the best i think is where we're at right now good stuff well the reason why we wanted to do this is uh you always hear from people all the time going oh i wish i had more time to do this i wish i had more time to do that and now everyone's got this abundance of time on their hands which is normally this precious resource so everyone sat around and i've been getting a load of feedback from people wanting to hear from people that have done it and they can get inspired so hence why it's great to speak to you so do you want to just take us through a bit of your journey, how you got here, and then I'll chip in a little bit and ask a few more questions on the way. Yeah, no problem, and, and congrats, this is a great idea. So um, I, I was probably one of those ones that always thought, oh, I'd love to do this, love to do that, um, and somewhere along the way would bottle it at a key stage or whatever. But I, I always describe my background as, as a check in history. And um, I always used to get picked up when I was transitioning through careers, as I was saying, it's a bit that I'm not very consistent. Um, but it's only when you get towards the end of something or you realise it that, like Steve Jobs says, somehow dots connect and it all seems to make sense. And the, the purpose that you're on, which you didn't really know at the time, starts to come a bit sharper as you grow older. I'm yeah, definitely yeah. in that camp. Um, but I, um, I didn't go to uni straight away. I fell out of love of education and in A levels and blagged my way onto a graduate accountancy, graduate accountancy scheme, would you believe it? And, um, and then I went to see someone in the second month of my job. I was loving life, like earning money. And that was Mars, wasn't it? No, this was, this was pre, I was straight out of school into, into this small accounting firm with a load of graduates that had been to uni and then I went to visit some of my mates at uni and I was like oh my god yeah I gotta go so then went to Imperial College down in London studied virology and immunology which is very topical right now and um, loved it but didn't have the fire to continue my dissertation into a PhD um, I, I started out thinking I would but then um, didn't feel right and didn't feel like I had that fire and the energy to to do it so um, 
I actually was a science teacher for two years. I did the Teach for America program when it first came to the UK okay. in a, uh, a poor uh, special measures school in London. Because um, I thought, what was that for? Sorry, what ages were they that you were teaching? Eleven to sixteen. Oh, okay, kids are unbelievable, um, challenging, but challenging because of the circumstances around them. Um, but but great kids with unfortunate backgrounds, and that unfortunately in today's world means more than most. Unfortunately, so really really good experience, but I was quite bored intellectually. So went to uh, do the grad scheme on Mars, spent some great time here, unbelievable learning, learning how business should be done, um, but very slow, very bureaucratic. Um, and then met someone at Boots. Uh, who who said, was, uh, when you were at, at Mars, like, was there anyone that you looked up to in, in that business? Or was everyone a bit more like blue chip and really weren't doing what you, or had the same mindset? <laughs> It was, it was a bit more crafted, I'd say, the development in that company because um, they, they really are on the leading edge of, of personal development. So you, going through the scheme, especially, I had mm, my very close mentor and friend who have become godfather to their children. Like She was my first boss in finance, and I learned very quickly that I was never going to be an FD, so <laughs> I was never going to stick in the like, finance route. Um, but she was great help and great support and you know spent time with me when I was struggling you know I was this cocky little ex-teacher I had like I was ne I never really fit into a particular box and and she just spent the time and saw past the bravado and, and really taught me loads of stuff and you almost could curate your own network around you to really support you in that in that blue chip environment and, and it was fantastic and uh, I didn't regret a single a single day there because it taught me a hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, and then at Boots, it was really good to get close to the customer. And one thing Boots was awesome at was um, taking the customer centric route on most things. It wouldn't necessarily seem like that, but they they generally and genuinely start there. Uh, and that's what I took from took from that experience in particular, and some good, some really good people there who had massive jobs but tr kept it dead simple um, in trying to execute that and pull it through. But I always had something inside that made me want to do my own thing, and yeah. uh, there was plenty of things that I nearly did. I nearly did a uh, all natural sugar confectionery business before I joined Mars. Um, it all linked to food, actually. I nearly did a healthy food takeaway before I joined Boots, but oh, then okay. completely bottled it because I thought I'd never run a food business in my life. Um, but then so things felt- From Mars, which like, I would definitely say like from my background, which is these smaller kind of little independent businesses, but like blue chip and you thought maybe it's not the right thing. And you go Boots, which again, I'd say is like more corporate, not quite so as Mars, but still. And all the time though, you had this like underlying entrepreneurial thing but you still gave boots a crack though and learned a lot from it did you so. yeah i think um it just wasn't the right time i'd have, I'd have and I'll, I'll come on to speak about failures in a sec i know but um i just felt like i wasn't equipped i didn't know my my arsehole from my era really when it when it comes to running a business and i just felt like i had more to learn um and i could have gone into smaller businesses i had quite a few 
offers to go in smaller businesses, but just didn't feel right right at that time. Um, but at Boots, looking at and, and being in the type of categories and jobs I was at, I was working with the Reckitt Van Kaisers and the Proctors and Gambles and yeah, yeah. like mega corporations and Unilevers and what have you. But then seeing magic in the smaller businesses, but just the lack of resource or talent or sheer spend to um, to make things happen in the way that it really should. So that's where I kind of realised actually you know a lot of people often say poacher turned gamekeeper but i don't think that's necessarily right i think it's more about having a general awareness of trying to genuinely try and create win-win wins yeah, yeah. Out, of, out of scenarios because i think if you ask the salesperson what's his buyer thinking that they massively weight power to the buyer and if you ask a buyer what's the salesperson thinking they'd weight the the bias the other way so awesome. I, I think it's um I think having a balance of that experience helped in the first business that I started because I um I went straight from boots into a bootstrap startup with family and friends money. Um which was a great experience for two years and we we did some good things together, huh, my friend. I was gonna say that's where we met at that point, isn't it? That was yeah, the one so we the, me and Dan met in two thousand and fourteen, believe it or not. How long ago it was now, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we some ups and downs in that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like all good business, like like all startups, there's a lot of fire and energy, and there's 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 good there's there's always a blue touch moment which which most businesses can get to. The the hard part is the aftermath of that, and that's where yeah. things started to go wrong for me. I think I think you get locked in your own head a lot. Um. And you're in, you know, you, it, things just seem inescapable and you make choices based on completely the wrong decisions and you don't ask for help and you feel guilty and then you feel... Like now, why don't you think you ask for help in those situations? Just a pride thing more than anything? Or? I think it was a combination of pride, embarrassment um like having to put food on the table you know genuine genuinely that's why i would never ever anyone who's ever had a business idea or tried to make something work i'm always full of the utmost respect because until you've walked that path and felt that pressure and it's not like a pressure of going to work it is literally a pressure of unless you do something you you know you're not going to be getting paid you're not going to be able to pay the rent or the mortgage or the food bills or whatever and until you've lived under that pressure it's very difficult to it's very difficult to explain it and um and i was used to again cocky i was used to say ah no don't bother kind of trying to do something on the side you need to be all in you need to get after it like almost this um priacal kind of call to be an entrepreneur but in retrospect, it's like, man, I wish I was a lot more tempered and slower, slower and then faster and slow, like the ability to dial up the slowness and then get faster. Uh, but I just went balls deep straight away, smashed into it and, um, and made a mistake. And it's the first time, first time I've ever really failed. You know, I didn't really have to try massively hard at school or um, you have to work hard. Don't get me wrong. I work hard. I work a hell of a lot and always put the hours in but intellectually nothing was really too difficult 
but it was only until that point in my first business, which did fail, um, that I'd it failed. was a monumental one, wasn't it? Like it wasn't like someone's. Fa- when I say monumental, I don't mean everything could have been avoided and stuff like that. But from a failure perspective, this is what I'm finding like amazing for the people that hope you'll benefit from this is if you fail to get a listing and it was down as a failure and you can learn and you can go again and stuff like that. But this was just like business failure and everything yeah. you've just been describing, the stresses about not knowing the money and doing all this and the livelihood and mortgages. Yeah. And stuff. You, you then went again. So it wasn't like, Oh, I can't do, I can't avoid doing this again. Like, well, I want to avoid doing this again. You, you, you can't. So, what was like your biggest? Because everyone, like, everyone always says that you progress and you learn more from failures than you do from your wins, and like your yeah. testament to that. What was it like? What was the big, like, learnings from that failure? Oh man, there's so many. Um, <laughs> uh, like, I really let down friends and family. Like, you wouldn't believe. I let you down. I think. It's fair to say you'd have been really pissed off at me. Um, well, it's because, yeah, people take things personally, don't they? Like we, we were like invested in it together from that side, from time yeah, and yeah, yeah. businesses. But um, yeah, we went, we didn't speak for a while, not because yeah. we're all now, it's just like things just happened, didn't they? And then other people yeah. put it in, but yeah. And, and and you had every right to be absolutely not to me. Now it cost you, <laughs> you know? That, that's that's fact and um but i never forget that and i and i think that one day you know i always think that when i face the pearly gates i need to have kind of paid a lot of things forward and paid a lot of things off not just cash but conscious as well yeah. um, and that like family and friends fall in that bucket you've fallen into that bucket and you know things meant and time time's a great healer and time's a great teacher as well and i think um, I think that I've become a lot more and Colette and my business partner now and partner would be pissing herself if she heard me say this, but you know, I'm a way more tempered, way more tempered, way more chill than, than I used to be. I used to fire into things and be explosive and have massive ideas. And, um, and, and now I think it's a lot more pared back and I know that comes with, with experience and stuff but you think that's having um like a yin to your is it yin and yang yeah. i always get confused with the words but um you're always going to want to have those big ideas and those big bang moments aren't you but if you with colette do you find that that really like balances it out like yeah i often think how the hell did i do this on my own um yeah just just so difficult and i think we, we joke about it, but I always think of like tomorrow and she thinks of today to that extent of different person, not just skill sets, but personalities as well. And I think um, I'll always push the envelope and think outside the box, but that's good to an extent because it just shifts the total like masses a little bit. And yeah. um, it's not, not, nothing's going to be a paradigm shift. So you always need that person who's pushing the envelope, but the other person who's kind of bringing everyone with it. So uh, I think um, the ideal scenario for me, and it's not for everyone, would be to find someone just to talk, to hash things out to as well. Um, so so go back to your point on what, what did you learn? Like, don't take money from friends and family unless you have to. Right, okay. 
if you could lose things. Well, that's always the easiest route, obviously, the first go-to, isn't it? Yeah, and um, it's not to say that it's wrong to do so, but you just need to get comfortable with it yourself. And I don't think I ever got comfortable with it. Um, I think I, I took it... Um, I don't know. I, I always joke you'd that... Been, you'd have just been so confident that it was going to work out and everyone was going to get the money back. So. Yeah, I, I, I joke that you have to be a psycho in business because... You could be having the very worst day, but then one of your customers might call and you have to like be everything and like everything's fine and like swan type of like, but the um, being, un, uh, being unable to pull that apart was tough. And I think um, being, being unable to, to have incorporated some fresh perspective into the main decisions that we were making or that was just happening around us, I, you know, I, I think we started out happening to the world and we ended up just being buffeted by it quite a bit. Um, and that was down to me and no, no one else. And, you know, um, I'll come onto it in a bit, but when I, I, I eulogize now about be clear, why, 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 why are you doing everything? And if you're not dead clear on why should be doing it in the first instance. And, um, man there were so many decisions many decisions that grew to be big things but also decisions on like cash and investment yeah that they, that you that all the all the things that i did was from the wrong space and from the wrong start point and you know it just led to an a complete impasse and yeah. um and that was that and then and then you're right I, I, and my ex-wife now would just say just go and get a job just go and get a normal job and i just couldn't i couldn't do it <laughs> once it's there though you can't do it can you uh, I, I, I couldn't say you're just just working now that why is important isn't it we're both a big fan of simon sinek and i know you bought oh, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so that's a big recommendation by the way yeah. um, started wise an amazing book from simon yeah. sinek. if you look at any of his ted talks is his videos everything he's on linkedin all the social media platforms definitely check him out but you buy that book don't you for all your new starters as well yeah, do, yeah it's my little thing it's my little yeah. thing i've got one over there actually but yeah and announced it on linkedin if anyone wanted one and then it was like completely overwhelmed so then became like the biggest purchase of that book yeah, exactly. LinkedIn. just gifted out a few copies but no i definitely recommend that one so then, yeah I, I i couldn't get my head around going to a normal job. I gave myself basically three months. And I think that's one thing that that startup journey forces you to do is it like forces you to assess what's important to you. What literally are your outgoings? Because particularly if you're, if you're working right now, I mean, a lot of people will, will not be soon, but if you, if you're working right now, you forget the heroin of a wage and you think that you are a lot safer than, maybe you really are and um and it's difficult to get hooked well hooked out of actually what really are your your expenses what's your cash out because there's a lot of discretionary spending there and some stuff you probably didn't even yeah, know yeah. about but until you really get a handle on that you then go okay so i can afford to just live off that everything else then is a choice and are you putting that pound towards living or, or treating yourself or are you putting that pound to the business at the end of the day which um which which is hard for a lot of people to come to terms with yeah 
Um, but yeah, I'm pretty unemployable. <laughs> so, yeah. There was only one route for me to go and um and here we are and there's there's a few businesses out out of it just by sheer path that we we went on in the last couple of years but um i don't I, I think the difference with this one is i wouldn't do too many things different yeah i think life has a funny way of figuring out a, a general sense of fairness in in the mix and um yeah i think i think we're we're in a really good space and i know we joked about you'd say it's successful and most people i don't say who it is oh yeah so the incubator <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so the, too much before then i don't want to dwell on the failings but this is massive so like, yeah yeah so the inculus is is really well it's doing really well but it's 18 months old um retailed where yeah retailed in sephora globally as a, as a key exclusive partnership um in over 32 countries now i think and um in the uk uh with the likes of boots and cold beauty and uh, Hut Group and Feel Unique and, and some on, really nice online partners and ASOS but um, yeah globally it's doing really well it would have done you know a good 10 million dollars last year retail sales out minimum and you know we've we got a good momentum right now COVID-19 aside um, but yeah like really good success but even before that like we've learned how not to do things in, in the way but on a lot more sl smaller scale and um just finding that way to get to that real minimum viable product in this in the in the in the most real fashion and what's um, the idea like how how did you literally because it was quite rapid from the last one and then you came up with this one was that, yes, like so, that or you just you chatting so I, I, it was actually linkedin um i had i still wanted to do this multi-branded model because as I have known all too well, and you will have known too, having manufactured quite a few, but a lot of a lot of startups fail. <laughs> um, it's an unfortunate fact that not a lot of, I think it's 0.1%, maybe, 0.1% of businesses last three years or more. So it's it's a real hard numbers game. And to um, I, I, I was fascinated by having this multi-branded model because whilst they might not work, it could be one, that comes out and you could really build and scale around and, and that's what happened we, we i would say we lucked out people would say you might put yourselves in a position to just be in the right place at the right time with the right thing but people that don't know about the multi multi model branded model yeah yeah yeah. just give some people like a bit of yeah a so it, it's more like the same company does more than one brand at once so we had a um a body care brand that was actually doing really well and and we we're about to go into America with. We had a tiny, tiny lip care brand that is still only sold on Amazon and we don't really spend a penny on it. Um, and that's still going. Uh, we had a, a really bad brand, a great idea, but really bad execution that we absolutely failed at and, and lost a couple of hundred thousand pounds on. And then, um, and then actually we- family, family and friends money. It's not families and friends money, no. Learning one. Um, <laughs> And then uh, we had another skincare brand that we co-developed at the same time as the Inky List and we had a choice. Um, and this is where kind of having board representatives that think outside, like that challenge you really does matter because if I was on my own, even if it was me and Colette, we could have like thought and dog fought about it and we could have just done a little bit of each. Um, but we overtly picked 
the inky list for all the right reasons to solely focus on and, and really get after. And, you know, we're still reaping that fruit today. And that's not to say it's easy. Every week is really hard. And as you know, as one of our real key global partners, um, you know, something happens in China and all of a sudden you're a week behind and we're going, oh, Dan, help us out. You're going, I'm doing everything again. <laughs> you know, every, everything will happen. Um, and that's why I value our kind of relationship, I guess, because we've been through really tough times together and come out the other side. And, and um, it's easy to do business in good times. Yeah. Uh, really easy to good I think business in good times. Relationships in our industry are like pivotal. I know they are to me, yeah. but um, even after that first one, the reason why you and I ended up um, chatting again like we did was because you were getting advice from people saying, there was someone you needed to work with for speed yeah. and things like that. And I was getting told there's this brand out there that I need to be yeah. talking to. And then suddenly we're asking the names. It's like, Oh, here we go again. Deja vu. But we had a coffee. It was all good after that, wasn't it? So yeah, we did. Um, yeah. And, and you, you, you absolutely nailed it in terms of that description. It was exactly that low level person on person and one-to-one, -one, I think you know relationships and people are at the center of everything really everything else around it kind of happens but um but but people being front and center of everything really counts and yeah i guess you underestimate the network that you create over time for sure um because uh, it's easy to have almost a, a single serve relationship in those particularly in those early start days you could be shiny and new and um it's really good to strike up a relationship with a key buyer or a key manufacturer or a key yeah. whoever but unless you're kind of going to then deliver and then re-deliver and then be consistent and then talk and keep communication channels even if even if you really don't want to have the conversation um yeah it's really important that that relationship stays stays solid because it will see you see you good um through the good and bad which is which is um different if i think of me five years ago for sure yeah i think it's key we try and break down barriers as much as we can from a where you were talking about earlier like the buyer and the brand mentality so we have suppliers customers and internal mm -hmm. suppliers and customers and we try and treat everyone exactly as it should be everyone treats the same and hopefully it's really good from that but no it's, it's incredible it's incredible what you're doing so what what would be like for people now that are uh, literally sat at home with a million ideas like whizzing around, what would be your advice? Like, I was going to say one bit, but there might be several bits of advice you'd give to these people because you, you've been there, I haven't been there. So, um, then there's a few things. So, I'll try and keep it to three of the, the three most important ones uh, that, that jump off the straight off the bat that I'm thinking in the moment because I really should have prepared for this probably but I think you always know in your gut about something I know that sounds a bit wishy-washy um but you there's something about your gut as a blend of just general sense and feeling mixed with uh, mixed with information and intel that you have because I think your gut tells you generically how to survive um it, from a kind of biological perspective and your brain probably convinces you something else i think a lot of the time so 
there's there's something about listening to your gut and not completely dismissing it. Um, but from a from a what to do perspective, you've got to do something that you feel comfortable, like going in all in on. Uh, and I think if you are very very clear on why you are doing something, you you can pretty much distill everything else away. So if you've got five ideas. Um, and you've got really clear passions or really clear energy in, in one direction or you what you really want to like land something in five ten years time you know think on that end in mind mentality of where you want to be you'll probably be able to dis, like distill one or two real key things that you could really focus on um, so I think following passion and following curiosity is is really key um, and make sure you're starting from the reason why you're doing it and then the last thing would be um, like energy, like just give it everything. And because you're going to face, you're going to face way more no's than yeses, way more. You have to break down and almost rebound into the next conversation with the same amount of enthusiasm and passion in spite of maybe getting bullied and broken down a yeah, bit before. Yeah. and and you just have to like um there's probably a famous quote to it but i remember someone saying if failure is not the act of falling down but the reluctance to get back up or something oh, like okay. that nice. and um and i think that's that's key like as an entrepreneur as a startup in particular you have to like be able to get straight back up dust yourself off and, and go again with the same gusto and gumption yeah, that, that, that you had before I don't think that would be possible if going back to your number two, which was do something you're passionate about and love doing. Yeah, yeah. You're not doing that. When you keep getting these knockbacks, you're going to really quickly get a little bit lackluster and despondent and just think, well, you've got to, it, it can't be about money and it can't be about all the other stuff. It's like giving back all this stuff that everyone's hearing all the time at the moment. It's a, it, it couldn't be truer. I think you're a testament to that. I think it's incredible. Oh no, you, you can't. Well, resilience actually isn't one thing we mentioned at all, but clearly resilience is like massive from when you um, had your knockbacks and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, and people get it in lots of ways. And like, oh, I look at you when you do your um, like triathlon training and stuff. You must hit brick wall on brick wall and brick wall, depending on what you're kind of doing and having to like smash through it and get through the other side. Like, it, it takes training. It does take like mental training almost. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah it's very it's very very similar but yeah you're right there's, there's probably a virtuosity to to the thinking behind it but i mean you can't one thing you can't be in this for is for money um i'm way poorer in every sense right now um doesn't matter about what a bit of paper says it doesn't even matter um i think if you're in it for money you're in so many other ways as well like you daughter yeah. and colette and everything else in your life pretty yeah, hugely, hugely. I think, um, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think if you zoom in on those three things, I think you'd be relatively happy. You know, there's days which are horrific. You know, you might have lost money. You might someone, yeah, something really unsavory might happen, or one of your people's really hurt, and you need to do yeah. something about it. Um, there's some really bad days, and I think you come out the other end of it, and. Uh, you feel happy, like happier, the, probably the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. Uh, uh, right now, because it feels like, like I said at the beginning, 
feels like the dots are all connected and this brand is enabling me to like touch on my science background and my, my, my teaching background and working with like manufacturers like you and and like bringing up stitching it all together and doing this one thing that that is connecting with everyone it just um yeah it feels pretty good right now but it is a, a summation of lots of ups and downs and lefts and rights and sure. um i just the general belief that things are uh, going to get better and an openness i guess to to admitting um some stuff that you're not so good at or um, learning from failures is um, probably rock solid in there as a, a key driver. Yeah, well, you're using this, um, like I, I say, quiet time. It's not quiet time with the pandemic going on, but you guys are being a bit, a bit more active on like, and you, you've been on Instagram anyway, but with the ink, like you're doing Q and A's and helping people out a lot more from stuff because you know that people are sat around at home. So you're really using that as an opportunity to do a lot more, aren't you? But then yeah. you use the virology background as well to help with the fear and stuff around the yeah i mean i've i've never like i post once a year or something stupid but i felt like a real i'm not a doctor so and it's probably my biggest regret actually that i didn't do medicine um but um i can't like nip to the hospital and help so it's just one of these ways that helping friends and family just felt like i could do and if anyone jumps in on it that's great if i help one person that's great if someone's going to feel informed and so they know why they're even not doing something or why they feel like they should do something that's that's equally fine as long as they've got the right knowledge to do it um but it's definitely forced us as a brand to be way more digital and um and we probably needed that kick up the jacksy um to be honest because we were just so like running from next thing to next thing but i mean this this whole situation is a great time to pause, reflect, and pivot. Yeah. Um, because no one's, no one will have the answers, and the world will change every day. In fact, change is dead cert to be the only thing that is said in the next few next few months, twelve months, eighteen months or so. So, so going back to how do you stay able to adapt and react to that change is 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 all we're doing right now. What about your team? How are they coping with the whole thing? How have you been with them? Oh, man, it's really tough. So um, we've now got 34, 32 people, sorry, in um, three different time zones. Uh, so when one team's going to bed, the other team's waking up and they're all alone. We've had two, three people join our business in the middle of this. Amazing. So they've literally not met anyone we met them outside the office gave them a laptop or sent a laptop to their home and said welcome to Bing." Yeah. um so really they feel quite alone and some of them get into funks like like probably a lot of us do um you have to be there and pick them up and tell them to put the put the laptop down because i guess there's no distinguish there's no distinguishing feature between the days right now no oh, definitely so Maintaining mental health is is hard, um, particularly with younger younger um, guys as well. So we've got a couple of older people now and more senior people, but we've got a lot of like mid twenties, early thirties people that are living in cities and they're cooped up in flats and what have you. And it's you know it's it's it's, it's really tough. Yeah. How are you staying in touch with those guys, especially the new ones? How are they getting introduced to the company and the team as a whole? 
so um, we've got like an induction program. Um, they their line manager speaks to them two three times a day. Um, everything well, we got Slack mainly, um, and then Zoom. We Zoom like this yeah. um, quite a bit as well. And um, we do one big uh, weekly update on a Friday with everyone on. Um, we tried to do something beforehand if the tone's right um, for a bit of fun. But trying to get yeah, what do you do for that? Oh, there's been quizzes and there's uh, been cool. like I don't know, there's some singing and I don't know what what else there was, but there was loads of stuff. Obviously, I'm an active participator in that. I'm mainly in the background going, Fuck you, so important though, isn't it? We're trying to stay oh. like that with so many people at the moment with Zoom. It's been it's been insane. And are, are everyone in your business from the like the brand side? Are they um were they all? comfortable on video calls initially and, and how's that progressed or no it's a, it's a really good point i think some people really quiet um you've got some obvious characters you know if, if you're to do myers briggs you've got every single one of them in there yeah sure um so really really hard and you have to almost you know as as the leaders of the business make sure that you're you're bringing some people in and giving a pause and a platform for the more quiet people or the, or the introverts to have their voice and have their say as well. So really, really difficult um, to get the balance right. And I'm sure we're not um, a lot of the time, but I think, um, I think people could pick up, I think staying accessible and for people to pick up the phone is key. And, and between me and Colette, I'd say we, we talk or message or DM or whatever your social media platform to every single one, I'd say, most of the week. Yeah. Um, so we are sociable and accessible as as the two people leading the business. Yeah, you can see a professional brand anyway, aren't you? That's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess what it has done is encourage everyone to to join in as well. So all the team are um, like doing their own skincare routines and being fil filmed on social. And, you know, you're getting a bit more of a window into who's behind the brand beyond just like me and Colette, um, which, which can only be a good thing. Um, yeah, you know, no one wants to see an old weathered and levered, nearly 40 year old <laughs> talking about skincare all the time. That's for sure. Everyone's just got to look at this weathered and tethered near 40 year old talking to so many different people. Cool. That's perfect. How, if people want to like look at your brand and speak to you or Claire, how do they get hold of you guys? Yeah. So, um, go to the inculus.com. Um, you'll be able to speak to our team 24-7-365, ask them anything. Um, if you want to get hold of me and Colette, you can find us easily, Mark Curry and Colette Laxton on, on LinkedIn. Um, very, very easy to get on, not, not very secretive. We, we should be out there. Um, or if you're struggling, go to theinculus.com, drop us, drop us an email, um, and we'll get back to you. Cool, perfect. Well, cheers for this evening, Mark. I know it's a late one for you. So, uh, cheers, thank you very much. Um, hopefully everyone will really appreciate everything you've had to say i know it's been great for me learned so much more than i didn't know already which is ace so thanks again mate i really appreciate it thanks buddy take care cheers all the best